You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Today we're talking about how to keep your group healthy enough to survive. You'll hear some about the importance of critical mass and the changes that inevitably come to every group. You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Chris. Good morning. How's it going today? It's going great. Man, I just flowed right through that word. In the lead-in, I said the word inevit- inevitably. And you can't say it now, can you? <laughs> Inevitably. Oh, when I saw that come in, I went, oh, Lord, please help me to say that. I don't know why that one word by itself can be a tongue twister. I, I have multiple words like that where I just, I'll be speaking and that I'll come up to that word. And I just blow it up and I can't recover. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Jay, um, uh, I noticed this morning that our podcast today is titled, Live long and prosper. Yes, it is. Group sustainability. Mm-hmm. Does that have anything to do with Star? Are you a Trekkie? Uh, you know, not heavily, but uh, I really enjoyed this Star Trek series. I started watching it as a child. And now as I go back, the fakiness of the computers, <laughs> you know, the cardboard computers and the right. little lights blinking. It's uh, not like the modern Star, uh, Star Wars or Star Trek. I always felt bad about the guy in the red shirt. You know, whenever they would go somewhere. The one that's going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he's not going to make it. Yes, the guy that you don't know who's... <laughs> Wait, who's... who's he's, he's new. Oh, no, There he's he dead. goes. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Oh, I uh, I am not a Trekkie. My dad was. Uh, I grew up watching him watch the movies and uh, watch are, Next Generation. Are you trying to say it's for old people? No, I... <laughs> maybe? No. Oh, maybe <laughs> no. So. Okay. I just, I enjoyed, like, him watching it, but I never really could get into it yeah. like he was. So I kind of felt like I couldn't live up to yeah. his dedication. You know, they're like eight versions of Star Trek now. I don't yeah. follow them all, but I really did enjoy the movies that have come out in the last 10 years that, yes. that, are, that are more current. I really like those. They did a good job of actually explaining things without feeling like you had to have a Tolkien yes. <laughs> yes. legendarium to follow up with it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, today, Chris, I thought we would follow up again on the um, – some of the things we talked about for um, the small group leader gathering. And, you know, some of you folks are, are not at Brook Hills, and I hope you'll enjoy this. Uh, for some of you, it might be a little bit of a repeat, but, hey, maybe worth hearing again. Um, you know, we always tend to put a new spin on it when we bring it into the <laughs> podcast and so have some more conversation about it. And, uh, Chris, man, I just love dialoguing with you on some of the things. You know, it helps helps think through some things as we talk and as we mentioned before, we always start talking in and go, Chris, man, we should have punched the record button already, you know, <laughs> talking about this. But, um, you know, um, I mentioned during the small group leader gathering, uh, doing autopsies on groups. Yeah, and, that went over well. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard a reaction to that when I said that, you know, and to think about that. But um, what caused that was, um, I think it was the year 2017, I was tracking groups and, uh, you know, we just... Uh, we, we lost like 20 groups in that one year, which is like, I was like, how do you lose 20 groups yeah. in a year, you know? And so um, from that point, I started uh, 
keeping keeping the list of groups in a database, a separate list of groups that failed. And then um, I, I established some categories that I would assign like a letter related to uh, why they closed, you know, whether it was uh, the leader moved away or some conflict within the group or a theological problem or just, you know, the group declined from members moving away, which contributes to the discouragement of the leader, things like that. And so anyway, I started tracking those and it was, um, I saw some similar trends and I would say the most likely groups that would close. um, And this is the fun part. I mean, I will just get an email or a phone call sometimes and say, hey, our group disbanded or we voted to disband last night or, you know, something like that. And um, typically the groups are, are pretty small. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that. I, I started to try to make some kind of comment at the small group leader gathering, such as I've never seen a group with an average attendance more than eight just close overnight, you yeah. know, something yeah. like that. Um Sometimes on campus, but most likely it's an off-campus group. And another thing is not seeing new people come through. And I think that might be a trait sometimes more of an off-campus group than an on-campus group is um, not just seeing a flow of people. Because the groups that are here on campus, uh, we put a list out. It's on you know on the web on our group finder. And, of course, the off-campus groups are too, but it's a little bit – Easier sometimes. We just sometimes see more people flow through our groups on an on-campus. I'm just curious, what, what was your first reaction when you would get one of those emails? Oh, it's just a dagger to the heart. I mean, it's just sad, yeah. and um, and I hate that. And I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead to one of the things that it is, and I have this in my notes. Um, and uh-huh. I talked about it at the leader gathering. The, I'm just going to call it the principle of 10 and I've I've uh, talked to a lot of people in small groups, uh, small group ministry, and groups, you know, churches that have Sunday schools. And one of the things I can do is ask them, okay, how many people do you have involved in small group? And they'll give me that number, say the average attendance. Mm-hmm. And then I will ask them, how many groups do you have? And so you divide that number of people by the number of groups, and the number that you get is always somewhere in the ballpark of 10. So hmm. whenever I lose a group, I just I just think, oh, man, we've lost a, lost a capacity for 10 people. And not that numbers are important, but the people represented by those numbers are mm-hmm. really important. And so I think that's, that's just a, a sad thing. Uh, our church has lost a little bit of capacity. Um, you know, the good thing, looking back to that 2017 year, we started more than 20 groups that year. And so it wasn't like, you know, we were we were in a decline so from a numbers perspective. It yeah, was a net gain. Yeah, it was a net gain that year. Every year's not a net gain. You know, particularly recovering f- through COVID, and uh, right now we're not having some net gains, which uh, we talked about at, the, at about that at the leader gathering. Um, you know, particularly in August, we we've, we've had a lot of people show up and a lot of people come back, and um, you know, haven't gotten all the counts on our off campus groups yet, but our a lot of our on campus groups are bursting at the seams. And so I've got probably, I'd say six groups that are talking about starting a new group out of their group right mm-hmm. now. You know, some people call that multiplication we do from time to time, but um, so that's really exciting. So I think we'll have a number of new groups starting, but um, yeah. Um, you know, when I get that call or email, it's just a, a dagger to the heart. Um, there are a lot of things we can do 
before a group closes if we know. Yeah, and, I was going to um, say, I mean, surely circumstances, you know, it's you definitely take a personal responsibility and go, okay, how did I not shepherd that small group leader? Yes. Um, but sometimes you can't avoid the circumstance. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure there are other times that you can. Yeah. And some of the things we can do if a group, um, well, let me go back to that scenario. Uh, the most, the, like the story that would be kind of an example made up story that represents the most likely thing that happens or has happened is it's an off-campus group. Uh, they've gotten pretty small. They're not seeing new people come through. And then one couple in the group gets a transfer to Atlanta or Washington, D.C. or wherever, or uh, maybe they've got a parent in another town that has had some health difficulties, so they're having to travel back every week. And then also you might have some people in the group who are not 100% committed to to be there every week. Maybe they have some other conflicts that often arise. And um, so you have that, and then one couple moves or something like that, and your attendance is all of a sudden it used to be six or eight and now it's four mm. and the other couple isn't committed to be there every week. And, you know, sometimes the leader will prepare and there's just maybe nobody shows or whatever, and it can just be discouraging. And so, you know, it's not always a group as low as four. Sometimes it could be six and, you know, things keep happening. And um, those kind of things are discouraging to the leader. But I, I think always when you have like a critical mass of people, it really keeps the leader from from being discouraged. And so, you know, that's one of the things I'm doing is trying to encourage our groups, hey, be large enough to have that critical mass so that, you know, the ministry just feels like it's uh, it's needed and valuable. And um, when you allow it to get too low, it's almost like in a in a dangerous position. I, I'm not, I was thinking about a phrase to say at our small group leader gathering, and I, I didn't use it, but I could say, hey, if you're a small group and off campus and small, you're one move away from closing your group, mm. you know, that one move is meaning one couple moving away for some reason, job transfer or something. Yeah. Not that you're going to teach a bad lesson in your group. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're going to tell a bad joke. <laughs> That's right. Back. That's <laughs> how my group would have closed long ago. Mine too. So. Mine too. <laughs> but, um, you know, that just reminds me of a, a quote, a, a guy that's written a lot of, uh, small group books says, Hey, you don't have to hit a home run every lesson you teach. You just have to hit a single, you know, mm. Chris and I are both baseball fans, so we talk about that a good bit. And um, man, a, a guy with a three thirty three batting average—that's pretty good. Yes, you know. Yeah. And so, anyway, of course, I'm not saying you should teach bad lessons, but hey, sometimes uh, don't uh, stress. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> we just feel like we just didn't hit a home run with that lesson, and, and yeah. that's okay. You know, if we're teaching God's word and making disciples, loving people, uh, we're making some progress. One other thing. Go. Did you have? Well, I was going to ask one thing. Uh, you were mentioning couples. Um, if you have a, a, a small group, like say you have three couples, I'd imagine that probably feels different if it's like if you have a singles group and you have like four or five yeah, individuals. Let, let's just say you had a, a couples group and three active couples. You might have some other people on the periphery or whatever, but um, say one of those couples moves away, you've lost two people yeah. instead of one. And so I think in that manner a singles group may be a little bit different say you have six people and you lose one you know that's less than 20 percent and if, if it's a couple you know hey you lost way more than probably what to say 33 percent of that group so um i think a you know a, a singles group the critical mass might be a little bit different uh, maybe a little bit smaller and um you know you can endure have a little bit of time to adjust after one change or something like that yeah 
And hey, if it's just three of you, that's a discipleship group. There you go. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but um, one of the things I think, you you know, Chris, you ask about the reaction when I get one of those emails. Um, I'm going to read to you an email I got from somebody who was in a group that had closed. And the phrase lost sheep comes to my mind, not that they're lost from the Lord or lost from the church even, but sometimes people put a lot of effort into finding a small group. And if they're in that group a while and invest their time and energy in it, and then the group disbands, they might not have the emotional energy to put into finding another group for a while. And so in essence, they're from our small groups ministry, they're a lost sheep mm. for a little while that, that um, it takes a lot of energy to, to put back. Before I read this email, let me, um, I started down the road a, a few minutes ago and got sidetracked, but what we can do if a group is getting small, um, there are a number of people in our church who are experienced leading, who may be willing to step in and lead a group. You know, if the leader moves away or, and there's just a group left there. In fact, one of the, one of the funny things we, we see is um, sometimes groups have changed the week of, or I've even got an email the morning of our group's ministry kicking off, you know, Connect Sunday saying, <laughs> oh, by the way, we're, we're disbanding. We're not going to be <laughs> meeting this year. But um, this year, here's a great example. We had a leader of an on-campus group get a job transfer, and we found out about it, you know, three days in advance. He found out, what, just five days. I'm not saying he drug right. his feet or anything. But um, we found some other group, people in the group to kind of keep that group going while we looked for a leader. And, um, you know, it took a few weeks, but we've got a guy that's uh, stepped in and going to be leading that group. And so it it survived the transfer of the leader, which is good. But, um, you know, we could even, we can help find a new leader. Um, if if needed, we could put a couple of smaller groups together. You know, that's an option that's out there that, um, that we could do. Um, if we see it coming and the leader's kind of discouraged, you know, we might help feed some new people into that group. I might know some people who have mm-hmm. recently lost a group or who are looking, and I can go, hey, consider this group. You know, there's a need there. And I, sometimes people are looking for a very small, intimate group. So there are a number of things we can do to help if we if we know it's coming. And so I, I encourage leaders, hey, let us work with you, and, and um, let's don't have lost sheep, you know. so Yeah, it's good to uh, to not just internalize if you feel like things aren't working out, just don't hold those cards to your chest. Yes. Like share, talk to yes. your small group's minister. Yes. So here's the email that I got from somebody who had um, lost their group. She says this, my husband and I have been members of Brook Hills for five years or so. And in that time, we've been a part of two small groups. The last one for three years, both dissolved. And she said in parentheses there, not multiplied. <laughs> you know, they, they just <laughs> dissolved. Um, she goes on, it's wearing or discouraging to pour out our lives into these groups and then for them to just stop meeting at the drop of a hat. I'm just being 100% honest. Wow. And she says, um, we've had a super hard time getting reconnecting, reconnected and having any kind of opportunity since our last group went their separate ways. We really desire this, especially being at such a large church. And so that's the end of the email. But I thought, you know, that really wow. helps us to see what it's like for somebody that really wants to be in a group. And then all of a sudden finds out the group just ended. Um, I'm smiling thinking of another story I heard just this past week. A guy was telling me, and it wasn't at Brook Hills, but they were in an on-campus group at another church. And they were sitting there on Sunday morning in the group room. They had just been visiting a few weeks. 
and nobody ever came there 15 minutes, 20 minutes into it. And one of the staff members comes by and says, um, what are y'all doing here? Oh, we're, we're waiting <laughs> on our group. I guess everybody's late or whatever. And um, the staff member told him, oh, you didn't get word. Um, they all left and went to another church. <laughs> so, oh, wow. That, that can be, you know, there's some, there's some bad <laughs> stories out there. But um, Wow. You know, so, anyway, so mm. I just want to encourage our leaders you know, let's um, let's do some things if um, if you're running into some problems. And, hey, we all run into problems. You know, my group has um, been through some things in the last few years. And, you know, we even – I confess I even talked to my co-leader, hey, <clears throat> is this really working? You know, do we need to consider something else? And um, to be honest, it was at a time when we were starting um, a 40-something singles and a 50-something singles. We had some of those in – my group and and I was thinking, hey, they could help us build those two other small groups that we're starting that are always a struggle for some reason to um, to build those uh, older singles groups. And so we didn't do that. We uh, stuck with it, and we were kind of small at that point too, like single digits, upper single digits, and average attendance. And um, you know, uh, about fifteen months ago, the Lord just starting started adding people and it's just like it's mine is one of those groups that has really blown up over the last year and it's uh it's time for us to multiply or start a new group and so we're working on that so my head is spinning about all the different things that could be going on in a small group leader um that would facilitate uh, a discouraging scenario where a group would just dissolve i hate to even use that word Mm. uh, because you still have people you still have hearts that are they're needing to be nurtured. They're desiring. I mean, reading this email, it's, you know, obviously this is a, a family that, that needs that community. that need that, um, that fellowship. They need that hope every week, being able to meet together with a small group of like-minded people and just encourage one another. Um, and so I don't know, I'm just, it makes me think about all the things that we could fail at doing by like thinking, Hey, it's all about you, the leader or it's, it's all about your presence. It's all about your jokes. It's all about your ability to entertain them. It's not about entertainment. Yeah. It's, it's about you being transparent. It's about you being encouraging and being humble, being an open book. You know, that's, that's what true leadership is, is Mm -hmm. being willing to come into the room and say, guys, I am the furthest from anybody in this room from perfect. I need help teaching this next lesson as much as anybody else would. I need the hope of Christ so that people in that room will want to be a part of that. They will want to walk alongside and they'll go, okay, I'm not alone. Uh, and so, I don't know, my heart's aching for yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, this could have been a 10 year old email, but still, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I hate to hear things like that. Right. Right. So, you, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm thinking if, if there are people in a groups and a groups, you know, kind of, uh, having some struggles or whatever, let's do some things to not cause people to have to look for a new group and to put in that energy again. And so um, one of the things too, at the small group leader gathering, we've talked about um, open group and open groups and closed groups. And we really here, we call them listed and unlisted because we don't ever want to be fully closed. But one thing to bring up is um, I really, and I'm not going to talk about this much right now, but I really love for our groups to be always open and always seeking new people and pulling new people in. I think it just brings some vibrancy to the group. Um, You know, some churches have a philosophy of a group being closed, and uh, they do that for 
intimacy and transparency and to get to know one another. And I think sometimes, although I value those, those are very important. They're not the end goal. The end goal is making disciples. And so if you think about the scenarios that lead to a group closing, sometimes when we close a group uh, or unlist a group, um, we can end up, that can contribute to the group not making it one day. Because uh, if you've got to wind up with a small group of people, you've had some losses and you've been working two years on building that intimacy and all of a sudden people are moving. And I mean, what's a group to do? It's hard to pivot mm-hmm. on a dime to all of a sudden welcome new people into that if, if you haven't been doing that all along. So that's, that's another thing that's kind of important. Um, one of the things, you know, really, uh, I mentioned the small group leader gathering too, kind of the state of the union report COVID really affected us in in some things that we're still trying to figure out. We've always had a pretty successful group starting engine, you know, mm-hmm. a number of groups starting every year, a number of things we do. And it seems like when COVID hit, we were doing the same things and they weren't really producing the same results anymore, <laughs> you know, and, um, I was talking to a staff member yesterday, and it just seems like there's still some things. Our culture, the mindset of our people, church people and non-church people, have have changed some as a result of COVID, and we're still trying to figure some of that out. You know, and it's uh, it's been a real challenge. Are we seeing you know some of the same concerns about you know being together as a group of people or wearing masks or anything like that? Uh, no, not that anymore. But um, like. Volunteerism is okay. less. You know, the the conversation the other day was with a preschool ministry staff member, and it it seems like people got used to being at home. People mm. got used to um, maybe turning inward to the family. I mean, that turning inward as a family. I mean, focusing on family is not bad, but um, I mean, there needs to be focus on church family as well. And it seems like people are. Um, just less willing to give their time to serve. And I think they're just more used to being at home, you know, or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe some folks smarter than me will write a book on that and, and <laughs> tell us about what all has happened. But, um, you know, I think we're definitely seeing some changes in, in church life. So um, let's talk about making your group sustainable. And so we probably already hit on these, but um, you know, the first point, if you're, Average attendance is less than eight or probably less than six singles. Uh, turn up the heat a little bit on finding ways to involve people in your group. And one of my big things, I think our group should be outwardly focused anyway. There are things in ministry that people do well naturally. You know, in a small group, if somebody's going through a crisis and we love them, we're going to come around them, you know, and support them. And so that's what group does. But um, being outwardly focused, sometimes we have to work on that a little bit and Mm. um, really encourage people to stay outwardly focused. And so um, just, you know, the second point is related to the first, always be seeking new people, Uh, fresh people bring, bring life to a group. And, you know, there, there are almost two ditches that you could run in as a group. One is, is, you know, just being closed and being small, then you, you risk running in the ditch of closing the group. Mm. And we fear the other one too, which is being so large that, Oh no, we're going to have to, create a new group out of this and then we're going to lose some of the friendships. And so, um, I, I, I've been dealing with this for years in groups ministry. And one of the things that I, I tell a group, you know, when, when they're talking about starting a new group is 
hey, you don't have to give up all of these friends. You know, some of the friends in this group, you can stay in a group with them forever, you know, but um, there are others that we we have to, you know, uh, we have to give up that meeting together. It doesn't mean we can't be friends, you know. Right. So there are even people in other churches that I've served with that have remained lifelong friends. You know, it doesn't mean I can't have dinner with them. It doesn't mean I can't <laughs> vacation with them. It's it's just for um, for group life. You know, there can be too many people in a group that makes for a little bit uh, harder experience to get to know everybody. And one of those is just being able to um, have everybody talk in the group. And we don't get to know people unless we hear them talk and, and right. reveal in themselves. And one of the things I've noticed as my group has grown is that, man, <laughs> used to we could all talk. And now as I look around my group, I mean, this is horrifying, but probably half the group didn't really say a word mm. during, the, during the group. So one of the fun things I do to break that, I think I've said this before, is we, we go around before group starts if, um, on, on some certain Sundays and ask everybody, hey, just tell one thing about your week. We're not talking spiritual or anything. Just tell us what happened, what's coming, something about your life. And so, Like a 15 seconds or less kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. And so that can, that can give us a, a connection point. So, um, Yeah, my biggest fear is, is – hearing the words, we're fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe so, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's that one family or person that yeah. says it just because they don't feel like they have time to really yeah, and, and I tell them, we're not even talking prayer requests. Just, Hey, my son tried out for football and made it or, um, you know, Hey, I've got a job interview with, of course that would be a prayer request, but you know, or, or Hey, my car broke down and right. I'm really boned with that. I just, whatever, you know, whatever's going on with you. But, um, you know, if we're talking about looking outwardly, like where do you do that? You know, how do you how do you find new people for your group? Um, one interesting thing, believe it or not, in in worship service is probably a prime area. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in fact, I'm looking forward next month. We're going to do uh, a survey four weeks in a row in in worship, and and one of the questions on that survey is, what adult group are you plugged into? You know, and so we'll find out what percentage. But last time we did that. I think there were 45% of our people weren't plugged into an adult small group, 45% of our adults. And so as you're looking around, as you're sitting in worship, there's a good chance if you see somebody that's in your age group, go up and ask them after you meet them and say, hey, are you in a small group? And I've heard of a lot of our people that do that, and that's that's pretty awesome, inviting people in to the small group. Um, also, there are neighbors. Um, we... Um, we're involved in a Sunday morning group, but also a Sunday night group. That, that's not for everybody, but I'm, I love it. I'm over-involved in that. But um, we've got a neighbor that I invited to um, our Sunday night small group and um, just down the street. And so um, she plugged in and has been a part of our group for two years. So neighbors. Uh, what about people at work? You know, often uh, a lot of us, our kids are involved in sports. Um, and invite parents you meet there. Uh, just friendships, you know, just also pray for that. Ask God to reveal new people. Um, if you're an off-campus group, one idea, you could move on campus for a little while. Um, often some of our folks do that when, when child care becomes a big need because it's uh, it can be uh, it's a wonderful benefit. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, you know, talk to staff about it. You know, Chris brought this up earlier. Don't just hold your cards close to your vest. Let, let staff know what's going on. And, um, you know, participating in, in service. Um, 
you know, if you go down to something like uh, any of the city ministries things, you know, mm-hmm. Ready Day One, things like that, involved in missions or involved in choir, involved in other ministries, you'll meet other people and have a chance to just find out if they're in a group and uh, just uh, leverage those other opportunities to invite people to be a part of your group. Yeah, I've always said if you're if you're a young married couple and you want to meet people in the church, serve in preschool. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> you right. Will, you'd be blown away by how many people you meet. Oh, yeah. And it's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. I found that some of our preschool staff seem to know everybody in the church. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for today. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Well, that's all for this episode of The Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of great groups. Make disciples.